I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hello, it's your girl, Stephanie. Hey, 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 it is Ty, his child all the while. And you are now listening in to Inside Beauty Inspires, where we motivate, inspire, and encourage through biblical principles. Ty, testing, one, two, one, two. I have the test been coming Friend, have they been coming? Well, you know, that's how it works. We are tested by the words that come from our mouth. So we ended last week's segment challenging you all to soar, go forward, go hard, take off and soar. But we know that it's kind of hard to fly when you're weighted down. Girl, yes, you have the weight of the world on you. You're actually in it at that speed specific time so you know we're looking at the things in the natural and it's and I think it's pretty you know I think it's I think it's normal really to kind of be a little uh hesitant not sure not sure which way to turn you know having all kinds of thoughts come in your mind when the weight of the world is on your shoulders but I'm telling you something about that word does something the word does the trick it does it, it makes everything better if it, it does it just it makes you feel it makes you look at things differently Well, the point of the matter is that we all are going to face trials. So we know one certain thing about life is that it will end in death. Yes. We also know that there are going to be peaks and valleys. You cannot have good without evil. You cannot have light unless there is darkness. And so what I want to talk about today, testing one, two, three, is what to do in the midst? How are we supposed to navigate trials? Because like I said, we're going to face them, but it's not about them coming. It is about our reaction or, you know, if we're strong in the word, our lack of reaction. So we have been going through the Bible and right now we are in James. And so we're going to come to you guys, um, starting in James chapter one. And it just really spoke to me because it's really on time for the things that I'm currently experiencing in my life. Now, let me say testing one, two, three. I say that because for me personally, it's never one thing Mm -hmm. that comes at me. It's always three. Always. And they come from you know, different aspects of my life. It it would either be um, something in my professional life, something in my marriage life, or something in my life as a parent. There's always, because those are my triggers. Those are the things that matter most to me and the enemy knows that. And so that's where he's going to try me. What do I mean when I say try? It is a test of faith. So let's get into it. James He said to consider it pure joy in the face of trials. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. In its finished, let it finish the work that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. But if you lack wisdom, ask God. He gives it generously and without fault. Let's start right there. Well, you know, I'm so glad you started right there because first of all, let's talk about what a trial is. You know, I wanted to I wanted to take it a step further because we all have them. And like you said, you know, it's one thing after another, especially when we're on the um, when we're embarking something new upon our lives. or whenever we're about to go into a new season of our lives, it's almost like 
that's when the test comes out of nowhere. So when we look at what a trial is, it's the divine ordained difficulty that God causes or permits so that he may grow us and conform us into his son. It does not feel good in the midst of those storms. It just doesn't. It it feels like you feel like giving up. But then our dad tells us to count it all joy. And and that's the part right there, Ty. How do you count it all joy in the midst of the storm? How do you how do you even do that? Because especially like you said, when there's three things, not one thing, not two things, but three things back to back to back. How do you count it all joy? What what does that look like? And strengthening your spirit, man. You had to be doing that um, anyways. You know, we always have to prepare so you stay ready and you don't have to get ready. That part. And I think um, what caused me so much turmoil and strife in my life is that I was never preparing. So everything always seemed like it was happening to me. I didn't fully understand that in order to embark on the journey that God has requested of me, he is going to have to condition and prepare me. And it doesn't always feel good. Um, But what I am in learning um, when I'm maturing spiritually is that we have to train our mind to see beyond what is in front of our face. And a lot of the times we fall short because we want to focus on the problem where whatever you feed grows. We're not supposed to focus on the problem. Don't keep talking about it, calling everybody and 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 wanting some sort of advice on it. You're supposed to write then immediately, I thank you, God, right now in the name of Jesus, because I know that if something is coming before me, whatever you have behind it is much greater than where I stand today. And I thank you, God, for trusting me. Mm-hmm. I thank you, God, for choosing me. Because I was created for a time such as this. That's how you stand in the middle of the storm and you speak to your storm. You have to speak to it, Ty, because if you don't speak to it, it'll speak to you. It's going to control you. It's, it's, It's going to encompass every moment of your being and that's what the enemy wants because if you are preoccupied Mm -hmm. if you are distracted then we know that you're not focused on moving forward in your purpose that's how he gets a lot of us that's why that's how he causes people to stumble right there and truly that's where people lose it at because it's really a test and during that test god is promoting us he is shifting us shifting us he is growing us he's developing us and if we're not focused on the word and if we're not eating a scroll every single day how do we fight our battles how do we even begin to put our father first you know um one thing about james that i'm loving and that i'm finding out ties that it's just giving us the practicality on how to really live this life out like you know if we're calling ourselves believers then we really got to walk it out and that's the hard part about it but the bible tells us if we ask for wisdom he freely gives it to us and he, without this, without fault without fault without fault like he gives it to you so it's anytime you're going through trials or tri- tribulations or troubles Ask for wisdom because he's going to speak back. He's going to give it to you. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3, you know what it says. Call unto me, <laughs> ask me, I will tell you unsearchable things you do not know. See, it's just that easy. And how would we know that, Ty, if we're not in the word, if we're not eating a scroll? We know that we have a constant communication with our father because he's always there. The Bible tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Do you think that's he's leaving us? That's it. So that's the part. Do you believe that? That's it. Because I, yeah, yeah, I, I believe. I it's, believe. <laughs> it's faith 
it's a faith walk all the way through. All right? the way through, yes. So either you believe it or you don't. You can't halfway believe. And James talks about that. Yes. You must ask and not doubt. It says that doubters are like tossed about like waves in the wind on the sea. You can't expect to receive anything because you're double-minded and therefore unstable in all your ways. Yes. Because who are we? And that's the ego of man. Who are we to doubt the ability of God? Who am I to come to God and say, I want you to cover me, God. You know, I want you to take care of this situation. I'm going to put it in your hands, Father, because I know that you can do all things but fail and then turn around and be trying to put a work in there myself. That's the nature of the world. <laughs> See, that's just it. See, we have a worldly wisdom and we have a godly wisdom. And and and, may, and really, Todd, based off of the experiences that we've had, uh, many of us look at our experiences and we use worldly wisdom. We, we do because we don't, especially if we're not connected to the word, it's automatic. And, and it's not even by, you know, it's just like, it's like, it's like human nature, I, I want to say, because if you don't have anything to believe or if you're not believing in that faith or if you're not having faith in the word of God, then you're going to only go by what you think you know. You're going to only go by what you've experience so you're going to base those decisions off of the experiences that you've taken and that's what the word of God tells us not to do well that's why um it says be ye be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind and I look at that like you know how um you can have a piece of equipment normally they do this like with electronics so you can pre-own an electronic and then um some new update comes out or, you know, something comes out that makes it a little bit better. You can take it back and you can get it refurbished. So it's like good as new. That's what I feel like when we're taking the time to get in our word. There's a constant refurbishing. There's a constant resetting of my thought process. There's a constant tweaking of my approach because we have been indoctrinated um, in the world. You know, um, there's always a before we came to Christ and then what happened after he cleansed us and made us new. But there's still residue, mm. you know, there's still residue. So we have to be committed, like you said, and we have to be consistent in yes. working out that spirit, man, by spending time with God and not doing it just on Sundays. Me and... um a believer that I used to work with used to say all the time, we loved when Wednesday came around because my tank was already half empty. Like I used to be one of those, like, so religion was Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. There was no like in between, you know, me going in and reading the word or, you know, studying or whatever, you know, I felt like I got my fill on Sunday and then, like I said, you know, it would deplete halfway through the week and then, you know, <laughs> fill it back up on Wednesday and yes. then I'd be running on full into Sunday. But that's not the way. <laughs> no, that's listen, because we because those trials and tribulations, like we don't know the we don't know the nature of them, but it, but it's going to you know, it can come in all three different forms, spiritually, financially, you know, um, with our relationships in life. Like it, we, we're going to face these trials. We're going to face this. You know, one thing I think that's so interesting about the book of James and listen, people. 
get into the word, we're, we're, we're starting and we're in James and, and we're learning so much about this walk. And if you want to know more about how to conduct yourselves and how you really should be and how you should be able to live this faith out loud, when you start reading the book of James, it's going to start reading you and it's going to start talking to you about yourself because we all have to give an account for this for this life that we're that we're in. You know, an, another thing about James um, that I thought was really, really interesting to me, Ty, is that he was Jesus' brother, but he didn't believe when Jesus was on, when, when Jesus was here, you know, doing all the signs and miracles, he did not believe his brother until after the resurrection. And sometimes it takes that. This is one of those books that, it's almost like Paul. We hear Paul talk mm-hmm. and we see how Paul is about the word of God. Then we see James. And I, me, I'm, I'm one of those people that are like, okay, well, t- what do I need to know about the book of James? Well, one, one thing about James is that he, he didn't believe when his brother was right there in front of him. Okay, he didn't believe until after. And it's in scripture, it's in John 7. But, you know, he didn't believe till after. Now that he believes, he's given everybody a practicality of how to how to uh, act, how to behave. These are some of the behaviors that come in alignment with walking with his brother, with our Savior, Jesus Christ. But like you said, do you have the faith? Do you believe that he's trustworthy? Do you believe that what this word is saying is true? And then when you're casually doing it, it's a difference between consistently doing it and casually doing it because when you're consistently doing it, it's always constantly reminding you. And these trials and tribulations, when they come up, you have a way to go back and God will remind because he's right there. You're not have to dial him in. He's right there. So he's going to start speaking to you right as it happens. All right, I need you to go right. Go left. Don't say anything. Be still and know. Why? How do you, how do you know that he's speaking to you? Because you're in the word. You're in the word and you're eating the scroll. And so you you can identify his voice definitely from the enemy's voice. I love how um, in verse 12, it says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, mm. that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And that's why we say all the time, um, you have to kind of shift your perspective, have to. Um, shift your focus. It's not that things are happening to you. Things are happening for you. Things are happening to condition you, to prepare you, to propel you forward. I want to read from a devotional that, I mean, it just ties like hand in hand right here where we are talking about being in the midst of trials. And it says to embrace your circumstances. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us to develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us Mm -hmm. because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That is Romans 5, 3 to 5. You know, it's easy to be happy when things around us are happening and we're pleased and, you know, it's all good and it's not causing us any strife. It's not causing us, you know, to be thrown off kilter or have to work really hard or have to think really deeply. But as soon as something is thrown out there, the whole foundation crumbles. Yes. It kind of reminds me of the big bad wolf and the three little pigs. Mm. And so you talk about, you know, that first little pig and how he built his house out of straw and the big bad wolf was easily able to come and knock that over. And then, you know, the next one, he built his with sticks. And though it wasn't as easy to topple as the hay, it still was toppled. Then came the brick mm-hmm. and the big bad wolf was not able to topple the brick house. Why? Because the foundation, 
because it was too strong for what was coming up against it. And that's how your faith has to be unwavering, no matter what the storm that's coming your way. You have to be still and know that the God that is for you is greater than any circumstance or trial that's coming against you. And if you don't know that, then you will fall. You will, you will, you will, you will internalize the things that you're going through. And before you know it, you're talking to God and saying, look, I've made a mess. I need you. I've made a mess because this is what the enemy causes us to do. And see, when we're out of alignment from the word of God, he can have a field day with us. That's a, that's the reason why a lot of people go through what they're going through. And it's almost like it's, it's disconnected. Yeah, it's a cycle. It's like a never ending cycle. And it's like, well, what is going on? And one thing about the book of James is it does causes you to look at yourself because a lot of things that we're going through is inward. Mm. The things that we're going through has to be with the, what's on the inside of us. And so we don't realize it during that time. So it's easy to point blame at other people or to even point situ- things out in other people. But we have to the first look at the man in the mirror and that's what James book the book of James talks about as well another part in this of uh, this book is about faith you know faith without work is dead and you know I, I like to say you know when, when we say faith without works is dead I'm reading the commentary and, and what I'm learning is that it's not physically talking about like going to work and you're working towards your faith it's actually talking about the faith you know without the works if you see your brother needing something and you just say hey I'm gonna pray for you good luck that's that not, you had the ability had to the ability feed to, that person. Yeah. You had the ability to hand them money. You had the ability you to find them that. shelter. That's what it means when it says faith without works is dead. And I know like we get really passionate about the material. And I know we're saying like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to like, it's easy. I know that it's not easy, but he gives instruction. So in this devotion, I love how they broke it down. When they talk about us courageously facing and embracing circumstances, this is the how we do it. This is how we um, get through it. We adopt the following practices. Number one, focus on the eternal over the temporary. Yes, God. Now that's good. That's good because that it's true. Good. That crown that you're talking about, he'll give it to us on earth and he'll give it to us in eternity. We will be able to have heaven on earth when we do that, when we focus on what that word is saying. And just so you know, it's all tied to scripture. Um, that one comes from 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Number two, remain positive, trusting God to work all things together for good. That's Romans 8 and 28. And see, that's the part. It's so hard to remain positive in the face of adversity. But that's why you shouldn't focus on happiness mm. because happiness is always going to be tied back to the things that are happening. Yes. But joy is deep down in our soul. Joy is that unwavering faith and that everlasting hope steered and rooted in our father, rooted in our brother, Jesus Christ. Number three, devote yourself to prayer with an attitude of thanksgiving. That's Colossians four and two. And I know um, at Redemption, we went through like a whole series. It was called Prayerology. Mm -hmm. And it was teaching you what meaningful prayer was, you know, because up until that point, I was so grateful for that because I used to be one of those coming to God, begging and pleading, please, God, if you just, if you would just do this for me, God. (laughs) No, he said to come boldly, enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. We've got to learn how to do that. It is so amazing how the enemy, you know, he is so thrown off and confused. Wait, wait, wait a 
saying it. What is yeah. she happy about? She laughing. She giggling. She got peace. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I just threw a grenade in the middle of the marriage. Girl, be they was just arguing, them. fussing and fighting. How in the world is she happy? Where is that peace coming from? It's coming from staying plugged in. It's, st- it's coming from staying connected and reinforcing that yes. which I know to be true versus the lie that the enemy tries to get me to believe by causing things to happen that are supposed to trigger me to fall. Number four, Place your hope in God's ability to take care of your future. Oh my God. That is Jeremiah 29 and 11. He already has plans for your future. Yeah, I already know. Plans to prosper you and give you a home. That's all that we have to be focused in because we know that the God we serve can do all things but what? He ain't going to fail. He's not going to fail. And then, you know, another part in James that um, is standing out to me, too, um, while we're speaking about it is our tongues, you know, because when we're Girl, getting upset, you to get to yeah, you know, when we get upset, mm. we, 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 we start speaking y'all and listen, the enemy will use that against you to take you out of alignment. This, this is what he wants you to do. He wants you to start babbling. He wants you to start speaking. He wants you to start doing just that because he wants to use, he's an accuser. He, this is what he wants you to do. And when we go through these things in our life and our emotions are at an all time high, it's easy. I'm, and I'm not saying, and that's one thing that I do love about our show ties because we're very transparent. We're walking this thing out. We're not claiming to be perfect or, 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 you know, just have it all together because we go through testing trials every single day as well. But because we're in the word, not just one day, but every single day and we're connected to pieces of iron, we're able to see it. So we're not going to be so um, you know, just quick to put our mouths on people because we don't understand the situation or the circumstances. And also the Bible talks about it. We um, start being yoked and bound um, by the words that come out of our, our mouth. It says that um, the power of life and death lies in the tongue. But let me talk to you about listening and doing. So we're still in chapter one, verse 19. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Mm. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Mm. But do not merely listen to the word. Doing so deceives yourselves. You have to do what it says. Wisdom is applied knowledge. There is no point of knowing a thing if you're not applying it. When we know better, we're supposed to do better. We're supposed to do better. It says God's word will confront you, but getting angry with him will not achieve his righteousness plan for your life. So instead of putting, so instead put aside moral fit and evil by confessing and I'm sorry, and repenting of your sin and humbly receive the implanted word. So it all, after all, God has implanted it in you, a new nature, and you have everything you need for spiritual growth, but you have to receive it humbly, placing yourself under his authority. And, and that's another thing too, Todd, because sometimes we think that we know better. 
because we're the one that's in it. And 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 I like to tell you guys, God, no, he, he's seen it. He's, he's not surprised. He's just watching to see how we're going to react. Be still and know. You know, he, there's so many scriptures that speak about that very thing right there because of our tongue. It says, you know, that's the one muscle that's on the inside of us that we can't tame. And it needs to be tamed. It definitely um, needs to be tamed. It can get you in a world of trouble. It can cause a world of hurt. The word says um, that we murder one another with our words. Yes. Murder. Murder. One another with our words. So we have to be careful of the things that we say to people. We have to be careful with how we are navigating emotion, you can't erupt in anger because sometimes those things that happen because you acted in emotion and weren't thinking before you spoke can be a situation that you cannot come back from. But another thing that I want to get into um, in the good book of our brother James, chapter two. So we always talk about the greatest rule is to love one another as we love ourselves, treat one another um, in the way that we want to be treated. It talks in the book of James in chapter two about favoritism. Oh my God. I ugh. It does. Girl, I mean, my whole entire life, I've experienced the negative side of that, um, of watching a person being preferred over you for whatever reason. Like um, siblings, you know, um, oftentimes there's always a favorite sibling and then everybody else just kind of gets what's left over. Um, But what the word says is my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, we must not show favoritism. If a man comes into a meeting wearing gold and fine clothes and a poor man comes in filthy, you showing special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes but ignoring the man that is in the poor clothing, Mm. you are discriminating among yourselves. And in that way, you have become a judge. And we all know how our father feels about judging. Judge not lest ye be. But people do this to people every single day. I've also have been a person that have um, experienced um, favoritism or being looked over because you look like you're not exactly what others want you to be. And it's so sad, Ty, because people miss out. They miss out. They really do. And and, and it's it's unfortunate, but it's because God wants it. It's a test, really. See, people don't understand that what God puts on the inside of you, he'll bring it to your face and see how you're going to respond. Not not that it's going to be the messenger that you think it will be. It can be, you know, it can be someone that you could least expect. But he wants you to see whether or not you're going to be able to receive from that person or not. And he's showing us both two things at that same time. One, he's showing you who you truly are. Because if you're going off of the word that God is telling you and going off of what he's putting on the inside of you and you're giving a word, you it should be able to be accepted. But like you said, he gave that's why I love this book. He gave like illustration of how we are in today's society. This happens today. I work downtown and I watch it every single day. Ty. And it's sad. It's really sad because, you know, you have your haves and you have your nots. And then you yeah. have the ones that treat people this way and they treat people that way. But listen, God is not. He, he's not pleased at that behavior because he loves everyone. And that's why one of the 
commandments is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But do you really love yourself? And you have to really think about that's the question you need to ask yourself. Do I really love myself? Because if you don't really love yourself, it's going to be hard for you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Or you will love them just exactly how you love yourself. Honey, and some of us, we don't need that. Um, But what I want to leave you guys with this is leave the superiority complex alone. There is not one of us that's greater than the other. We are all one body interconnected and the way that we will thrive is by moving forward as one many members many members one body we're all on the assignment and we're all here to do what be fisher men and to draw all men into god and that's it that's it and that's all peace i'm coming in hot